0: Father, we do thank you that we can uh, join together now as a church family under your word. Uh, Lord, thank you for speaking to us and revealing this truth to us, and especially with this question being one that none of us can avoid. Uh, Lord, we ask, please, that you'll be with anyone especially who might be uh, dealing with with death in a a very, I guess, a more intense uh, way right now, anyone grieving, who's lost someone recently who they love, someone maybe even knowing someone who is closer to death. Lord, please, by your grace, I speak abundantly into these lives in particular. But for all of us, Lord, enlarge our thinking and enlarge our hearts and change us by what we explore together in your word. And we ask your help in every way. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, not too long ago, there was a charity group in the UK And this group made a video where they asked some children one very simple question. They asked, what happens when you die? Now, I'm sure you can guess what kind of answers a bunch of kids would give. Those are the kids from the video, so that's the age they're at. And one of them, one boy, he clearly said, will you turn into a skeleton? It was very definite. He knew exactly what was happening. And then two others, these are the two little boys in the red on the bottom, uh, they had this big discussion. They were wondering, well, will you be able to touch lava after you die? I mean, it's really important if you're four and five years old, uh, you know. Uh, one girl, she had this very cute and thought-out answer. You turn into an angel with very pretty wings, she said, and they got sparkles. And God is a boy in a nice white shirt. Great attention to detail. Uh, The kids went on, going up to the stars, uh, turning into sand for a hundred years, and the last boy in the video, he had probably the best answer. When you die, you go to a land of chocolate and marshmallows, and where they keep playing his favourite song, Captain Jake and the Neverland Pirates. Now look, I don't know if any of those answers appeal to you. I tell you, five minutes with Captain Jake would send me over the edge, Uh, but... They show us, don't they, that there are many, many ideas out there about life after death. And the same goes for adults as well. If we went out right now and we started asking people on the streets of Epping, uh, people would probably give a range of answers. They would say things like, well, we go to some sort of paradise, or we become an angel or a ghost or something like that. Uh, some would say that we'd be reincarnated, or we'd become one with the energy of the universe. And of course many would answer as well, there's nothing after death. Why are you even asking the question? You just die and that's it. What do you think happens when we die? Well, today we're going to explore this uh, from what God has to tell us. Because, see, even though uh, people have, as we've seen, we also heard about the zombies and everything else in the kid's spot, uh, you know, people have many ideas, many thoughts, many opinions and questions on this. The reality is God is actually quite clear in the Bible. He's actually given us a whole lot on this. And so we're going to take it in two parts. I want to start with the certainty of life after death, And then we'll explore what happens, where we go. So if I could say it this way, we look at the certainty and then the pathway. And so the first thing I want to share is that when we die, there is something instead of nothing. There is something instead of nothing. I start here because many people in our world actually believe that there is nothing. Now, there are different reasons for this, but one is probably because of those opinions that we get from people who have uh, been clinically dead and then brought back. Um, a very famous example in Australia, of course, is Kerry Packer. You probably, some of you might know this story. Uh, Kerry Packer, who was once Australia's richest man, he famously said this when they brought him back after being clinically dead for six minutes. His words, I've been to the other side, and let me tell you, there's nothing there. There's no one waiting there for you. There's no one to judge you so you can do what you will like. Now that might sound like an answer from experience. I mean, you know, he died, came back, sort of. Uh, But the reality is that scientists are still learning what happens to our bodies after we die. Uh, They now believe that the process takes much longer than was once uh, believed. And You know, this means that people who claim to have experienced an afterlife, well, they may have not even been fully dead yet. But the main reason why I say that there is life after death, is not because of people like Harry Packer, it's not because of science, it's because of what God tells us. So look with me, please, at words from Jesus himself. Here he's making a promise about what's in store for those who follow him. And he says, I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. No one can snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all. No one can snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and the Father are one. Do you see how life is described here? Jesus doesn't give his followers new life. He doesn't just give them a great life now. He gives them eternal life. And that's the language that's used over and over and over again all throughout the Bible. Uh, This life isn't all there is. Uh, Here Jesus is given an assurance that the the relationship that he is in with his followers, that that will continue on. Um, He'll be with his people eternally. And even when uh, the Bible helps us to make sense out of the brokenness and hardships of our world now, it does that by holding out something better to come. Um, here's the Apostle Paul writing Therefore, we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. And this is the bit on the screen. Uh, For our light and momentary troubles, are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. The world around us is imperfect. Uh, It hurts at times. Our our bodies do not last forever. Uh, But the promise is that there is an eternal and glorious world to come, even though we cannot yet see it with our eyes. Christianity never, ever talks about this life as being all there is. Like how the famous writer C.S. Lewis puts this, There are no ordinary people. You have never talked to a mere mortal. You know, practically speaking, that means say we go down to Coles on a busy afternoon, uh, we bump shoulders of people in the aisles as we're doing our shopping, every person we make contact with is an eternal being. Every single person on this planet is headed somewhere. As we know, uh, the city of Sydney it likes to make a big deal of New Year celebrations. Uh, Spending a ton of cash, uh, many would say too much cash, on uh, the fireworks, and of course putting something in big lights on the Sydney Harbour Bridge. Uh, Well, as the year 2000 was counted in, I think some of you might know where I'm going with this, Uh, you know, with the new millennium, a big event, uh, as it ticked over, as the year was counted in, the word eternity flashed up on the Harbour Bridge. Now that's a great message, isn't it? You know, there's, this is a big year, this is a big thing, a big event in time, but, you know, there's still something bigger even. But sadly, many people would have forgotten that as the celebrations were over and then as the usual day-to-day of the new year kicked in, the normal distractions of life. What about us, though? We're told in Ecclesiastes that God has set eternity in the hearts of men. And so, friends, we need to keep the reality of eternal life on our radar. We need to keep that strong in our heart. One way that we can do this is to let this great truth actually shape our present life. And so, with an eye to the future, an eye to eternity and eternal life, uh, we can choose to invest in the kingdom of God. Uh, We can be generous to Christian ministry with our time or our money or simply by being involved. You know, we can look around at our Christian brothers and sisters on the same journey and encourage them in their walk with Jesus. You know, we can look at the craziness and busyness that makes up modern day family life. Just so many demands being pulled in all directions, but yet making a deliberate choice. that You know, I'm going to pray with my children and tell them about God. We can decide to not let a fancy degree or or dream home uh, shape all that we live for and define our life. And we can choose to not let the things that hurt us have the final word, but instead look to a future where we know that all the hurts of the now will seem so much smaller. Well, let me ask this. How much does the idea of life after death affect the way you view other people? Why don't you try this sometime? You know, maybe sometime in the next coming week or so. Uh, Go to your favorite cafe or restaurant and deliberately sit near a window or sit outside. And sit there, enjoy your coffee, your meal, whatever you ordered, but, but being in that place where you can just watch people as they pass you by, just do a bit of people watching. And then as they pass by, remind yourself that person is an eternal being. That person is an eternal being. And then turn that into prayer for those people and ask God to speak the same truth into your own heart. And of course, friends, there's a big question that every single one of us can ask as we think about these things. How much am I personally investing into my own relationship with Jesus? Because that is what's going to carry on forever. We can be certain that there is life after death. Christianity says it no other way. So the obvious question for us then is, well, what does come next? I mean, what, where are we headed? So let's move on then to the pathway of life after death. And I'm going to pull in a bunch of verses from all over the Bible to help give some shape to this, just to pull things in and give us an overall picture that we can work with. And the first thing that happens, the first thing that happens after we die is that the follower of Jesus goes immediately into his presence. And I love how we see this in Luke chapter 23. It's my favorite passage that brings this together for us. Uh, here we have Jesus. He's on the cross. Okay? He, he is hanging there. His, his blood is being shed. He, his body is being broken. He is paying for our sins with his own life. Okay? He's making a way to God. The great gospel that we celebrate, it's in action here now. It's being lived out. Uh, but even though this is a gospel moment, there's also criminals on the other side of him. This is a normal execution at the same time as well. And listen to the conversation with those two men. And I'm going to read starting at verse 39. This is one of our readings. One of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at him. Aren't you the Christ? Save yourself and us. But the other criminal rebuked him. Don't you fear God? He said, since you are under the same sentence, we are punished justly for we are getting what our deeds deserve. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus answered him, I tell you the truth. Today you will be with me in paradise. Now, what a wonderful story. I mean, this is just dripping with the love and grace of Jesus towards a man who is soon going to die and meet his Maker. Uh, even though this man, he probably didn't understand Jesus in all his fullness, uh, God gave this dying man enough to recognize uh, that he can trust in Christ. And so look carefully at what Jesus promises in that last verse. When? Today. Where? In paradise. And with who? With Jesus himself. For the Christian to die is to immediately be with Jesus, to be in a place of safety, of glory, of rest. Or to put this in language that many of us know, we go to be with Jesus in heaven. Uh, The Apostle Paul, he puts it like this when talking about the possibility of his own death. He says, I desire to depart and be with Christ, which is better by far. See, Christianity is not about just doing good so that we can somehow get a kind of ticket into heaven. It's not what our faith is about. It's about being in a living relationship with Jesus, and that relationship lasts forever. It continues on. Relationships in this life, they break down. We hurt each other even when we don't mean to, but Jesus promises and holds the relationship we have with him. He will take us to be with him when we die. And I love how this is put in Psalm 73, just a beautiful relationship with God there. Yet I am always with you. You hold me by my right hand. You guide me with your counsel, and afterward you will take me into glory. Whom have I in heaven but you? And earth has nothing I desire besides you. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Friends, this is our future when we are in Christ. Uh, The Bible says nothing about becoming a ghost or becoming an angel. Um, There's nothing there at all about coming back as another person. There is nothing in there about just dissipating into the energy of the universe. And yes, there are no zombies in there either. Uh, You know, we're we're given something very, very concrete here. Uh, we're, We're given a time, we're given a place, and we're given a person. Very concrete. And while that's great news, and it is, it's still not even the end of the story. See, very often, uh, while people have and can have an idea of heaven, it can be a very vague future thing, can't it? Just a a fuzzy idea of a a heaven somewhere out there sometime in the future. But God's plan is big. Listen to uh, this quote from uh, one Bible scholar. He says, Talking of going to heaven when you die is one way of answering that question. Same question we're looking at overall in the sermon. Uh, We go to rest and wait. The souls of the righteous are in God's hand at peace. But we wait for something more. Heaven by itself is not the ultimate destination of the Christian. Heaven is a temporary resting place in between bodily death and bodily resurrection. See, when we die, our souls go to rest with Jesus in heaven. That's assured. But we also look forward to the resurrection of our bodies. And that's going to happen when Jesus comes back at the end of all things. Uh, look with me, please, on the screen at one Corinthians fifteen twenty. But Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. Here, fallen asleep means to have died. It's just a biblical language in this part of Scripture. Uh, basically, what this is saying, and 1 Corinthians, the whole section around it, is that when Jesus rose from the dead in this very real and transformed body, he set the pattern for every believer who would follow him. If we believe in a gospel that says that Jesus died and rose again, we have to also believe in our own bodily resurrection. Just part of the bigger story of what God is doing. In Philippians three twenty to 21, Paul puts it like this. But our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly await a savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control, will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. Now, we don't know exactly what this will be like. Okay, we're not given every detail about this in the Bible. But when we put together the picture that is there and the amount that God has revealed to us, it seems to say that our our resurrection bodies, they will somehow be our same bodies but yet transformed. Okay, and they will be glorious and physical and recognizable and fit for our eternal home. So followers of Jesus, they go to be at peace with him in heaven, and then on the last day they have have a final resurrection of their bodies. And that happens when Jesus comes back as judge. See, there's another promise in the Bible, that uh, Jesus is going to return at the end of the age, and everyone will give an account to him. Jesus himself, he tells us this story using the language in one of the Gospels of uh, sheep and goats. So listen to his own words in Matthew 25. Um, I won't put all of this on the screen. I'll just put a couple of sections up there. But Jesus says... When the Son of Man, he's talking about himself when he uses that title, uh, when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit on his throne in heavenly glory. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right, the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come. You, are, you who are blessed by my Father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. Then he goes on to talk about those who have a relationship with him. Uh, but then he moves on to those who didn't know him in this life. And he says, then he will say to those on his left, depart from me, you who are cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. They will go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. And now this is where we bring in the story for the whole world. See, as we have been seeing in Scripture, every person is on an eternal pathway. And death is like a fork in the road. The direction we take depends on our relationship with Jesus in the now, in this life if we live with him as Lord and Savior, if we trust in his spilled blood on the cross as payment for what separates us from God, uh, then we're righteous in him. That's the promise. There's no condemnation when we are in Christ. We don't have to fear at all in any sense on the last day. We are right in God's eyes through Christ. We will continue on in glory and have that heavenly reward. That's the promise. That's one side of the fork in the road. But the person who lives apart from Jesus now we'll go down the other path. There are only two paths. That person who has been in their sins, stays in their sins, stays separated from God. And so when Jesus judges, their soul goes on to eternal punishment. And there's no way that we can answer the question of what happens after we die without looking at this sobering reality. How does that truth sit with you? Friends, if you do not know Jesus, now is the time to think about your relationship with him. But I want to end with the glorious picture of the Christian's final home. See, that pathway, it goes further and further until we reach our final destination. Uh, death leads to heaven that in the presence of Jesus, uh, it leads to that great bodily resurrection, leads to the final uh, judgment of all people, and then it leads to the new creation, the new creation. Uh, listen as I read Revelation 21, 1 to four, and this was our other reading. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first Earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. or crying, or mourning, or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. Friends, that's a picture of our ultimate home. the end of God's plan of renewing a world that's been broken by sin, um, his plan of reversing the fall of Genesis 3 is to create a whole new heavens and earth. It'll be the perfect union of Jesus and his people. It'll be a place of being with God, with no more death or sin or pain. A a, a world where there's no brokenness, only wholeness. A place where there'll never ever be any injustice ever again. A place where we'll never be alone, where we will always be perfectly loved by our God. And if you go on to read further in Revelation 21 and 22, and yes, there's, there's a whole lot of picture language there, but it was still clear that this new creation has nothing to do with harps and clouds, it's described in a physical sense. With splendor and glory we can't even wrap our minds around with relationships and perfect safety and all in the presence of God. Have you ever pulled into your driveway after being away for a long time and you had that sense, you know, you can feel it, that sense of coming home? Or or on the other side of the coin, have you ever had a feeling, you know, you're searching for a place where you just fit in and belong and where it just feels right? Well, I believe that those things are just a little glimpse of how we are designed for a true and ultimate and wonderful and eternal home. Church Father Augustine, he just said it so well. Speaking about God, he wrote, You have made us for yourself, and our hearts are restless until they can find rest in you. Are you on the journey to that rest? Is that where you are headed? Or maybe today God is showing you his plan in a wonderful way for the first time. Maybe details and pictures of this are coming at you in a way you've never known before. Uh, Maybe you're just starting to think about life and death a bit differently. And if that is you, let me encourage you, please talk with someone here in the church about that before you leave today. But however the Bible's answer to what happens when we die, however that answer has landed with you this afternoon... Let's not leave here without our picture of life after death just cracked wide open. Let's have a real picture of life. All life leads to eternal life, always. And death opens that door. None of us, none of us sitting here, are mere mortals. Let's also know that there's more to come than just a vague, fuzzy idea of heaven. Hey, let's not settle for that. But let's see the journey through that wonderful heaven and onto the perfect new creation to come. And finally, let's be sure that we're right about Jesus as well. Because see, once we come to him in this life, he never leaves us. It's all about that relationship with him. And so he will carry us through death. He will carry us into eternal life. And he will take us to be with him in glory. And that's far better than Pirates and Marshmallows. Pray with me, please. Lord, we thank you that you love us so much that you give us this truth. And Lord, we know that the question of life after death matters to every single person, no matter how much they phrase it out loud. We see it in all the, the stories and the questions and opinions that people have. And so we ask that by your mercy you will speak this truth deep into the soul of every person here. And we pray, Lord, by your goodness and by your grace that every person will be on the journey to the new creation. Father, help us please to take the ideas and and opinions that have shaped our thought up till now and to hold them alongside the truth in your word. And Lord, in all of this give us great hope, give us assurance, give us joy. We thank you that the promise in your word is that Jesus takes the sting out of death and takes away the fear of death. And so we pray that in looking to him, we can embrace wonderfully the picture of life after death that you give us. Lord, thank you that we're not mere mortals. Thank you that you've called us to something more. Give us all that we need now to live with that in view for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen.